Today's episode is brought to you by Stream by AlphaSense, an expert interview transcript library that integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Start your free trial at www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G.co slash PMC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. Thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. You can follow Planet Microcap on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And you're listening to episode 225. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to tweet at me or shoot me an email at rcraft at snnwire.com. And when you do get a chance, if you like what you hear, please rate and review Planet Microcap on iTunes and Spotify. It really helps provide feedback for me and spread the microcap message. Special thank you to our sponsors for today's episode, Stream by AlphaSense, an expert interview transcript library that integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Start your free trial at www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G.co backslash PMC. And Quarter, whose mission is to change the way people look at investor relations and create a completely new bridge between companies and stakeholders. Visit your app store of choice to try it out. And that's Quarter, Q-U-A-R-T-R. Now, if you're listening to this episode today or anytime on May 4th or 5th, then we are currently in Las Vegas at the Planet Microcap Showcase. All the company presentations are available for listening via webcast both live and archived, and all the keynotes and panels will be up on the SNN Network YouTube channel shortly after the event is over. If you are a listener and you're here now, well, I guess I'm seeing you in Las Vegas. Now for this episode of the Planet Microcap podcast, I spoke with Mariusz Skoniecny, the founder of Microcap Explosions. We were connected on Twitter when I put out a tweet asking for microcap investors that I haven't had on the show yet, and quite a few of you suggested Mariusz. I really enjoyed getting to know Mariusz, his background, how microcap investing fit his personality, and how he was able to turn a $10,000 investment in 2009 to $7 million in 12 years. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 225 of the Planet Microcap podcast. And please enjoy my conversation with Mariusz Skoniecny. This episode is brought to you by Stream by AlphaSets. You can find them at streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G dot co backslash PMC. Stream is an expert interview transcript library that is starting to become an integral part to investors' research process. They have a number of interviews on a wide variety of companies, including TMT, consumers, industrials, real estate, and more. Stream provides over 300 expert interviews per week, and 70% of their experts are found exclusively on Stream. 
Stream is unlike any other transcript libraries. Stream integrates AI-generated call summaries and NLP search technology so their clients can quickly pinpoint the most critical insights. Stream's community of experts and thought leaders partner with Stream to build their professional brands and expand their industry influence. Right now, there are approximately 8,500 plus call transcripts available. For more information, please visit www.streamrg.co backslash PMC. That's S-T-R-E-A-M-R-G.co backslash PMC. Welcome back to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And joining me today, my guest is Mariusz Skoniecny. He is the founder of Microcap Explosions. We were introduced, uh, I put out a tweet not that long ago, of who are some of the best microcap investors that I've yet to have on the show? And uh, uh, quite a few of you co-signed Mariusz. So we made this happen. Dude, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks a lot. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you on. So before we get into strategy and, and learning a little bit more about microcap explosions, can, can you start us off with where, where did your passion for investing begin? I guess when I was a little kid, you know, I wanted to be a cashier because I saw cashiers were counting money. So l- right there, when I was a little one, I'm like, I know I want to be something to, to do with money. Uh, so, so that was in Poland because I was bo- born in Poland. And then I came to the U.S. in 1996. Uh, and, you know, I just went to high school, finished my high school here, got my degree in finance, and then I kind of uh, entered the money space, but first on the, on the real estate side, because I was interested in real estate investing. At that time, the poor dad, rich dad books came out, and that's where I went. So I figured I might as well learn how to appraise real estate in order to invest in it. But then as I was in the space on the commercial and residential side, and also on the brokerage side, I realized that I didn't have the passion for the real estate the way I had for stocks. And at the same time, I was already studying everything Warren Buffett wrote about value investing, intelligent investing. And when uh, 2008, 2009 financial crisis hit, I went to my boss and I said, December 31st, 2008 is my last day in real estate. And then I went full time into, uh, into investing uh, and mostly into small cap companies. And it was kind of uh, fueled by Warren Buffett's comments, actually, at one of the Berkshire Hathaway meetings when he was asked, what would you do if you had $10,000 to your name and you were starting off? He said, I would go into small companies. I would go into obscure places simply because the investment industry is not set up to recommend those investments. And that's where the highest probability of mispricing occurs. So that, that just kind of sent me in that place. So talk about timing. Right, last day, you know, end of two thousand eight, and then you know, starting in two thousand nine, I think we hit the bottom. What was it, March or February, yeah. something like that? Yeah. I mean, did you? I mean, obviously, this. I don't. I don't want to make you feel like you have to be an oracle and like you knew or anything. But I mean, talk about that timing. I mean, that you must have been like, wow, that was. You know, I mean, it it nice it, it has to. It, it really has to do with my personality. It's okay. more like, you know, when I read his stuff and it's like, you know, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. I mean, it's just, it's it's easy for me from my personality standpoint. I always felt in my life to be an outsider, to be like, no, not go with the crowd, to like think for myself. So that was always my strength. So it was like a natural thing to do. Okay, the house is burning. Fine. Let's go in and, and take care of the fire, you know? So 
I, of course, I didn't know, like, you never know, like, when is something going to bottom. But I mean, you can see people are freaking out. You're like, okay, you know, let's, let's test ourselves, see, see what we can do. And it was so it was natural. Got it. So, I mean, at that time, you know, as you said, you know, you got into small caps. Had you looked at small caps even pr prior to that? So you knew how you wanted to deploy capital once the time came? Or was it January 1st, 2009? I know I want to look at small caps. Here we go. You know, what was the... No, was I, was, the I, was, I was, you know, the entire time that I was in real estate, even after I graduated from college, was which was in 2003, I was already looking at companies. Like at that time with like Enron, I looked at Enron before it went down. So like I kind of cut my teeth already through, through those years. I looked at the big companies. I looked at the smaller companies. And so I guess at the beginning of 2008, 2009, when I really went full time, I guess it was kind of like a mixture of some of them were bigger, some of them were smaller. Like I remember looking at a company called Arcticat, which was the snowmobile. So that was considered to be on the smaller side. But I just, you know, I just find them more interesting, uh, the smaller, uh, smaller names, because uh, you see, uh, another big thing in my life was that when I came to the U.S., like in my mind, I was coming to the U.S. to play in the NBA. Like I was so obsessed with basketball. Okay, and we didn't have basketball in in my country at that time. It was just at the beginning stages, and uh, you know Barcelona '92, the dream team was kind of like uh, planted the seeds. So like I wanted to play basketball, and then when I came to the U.S., it was like I made the basketball team, but I they never let me play. They let me play like th thirty seconds for the whole season, and. My entire life up to coming to the U.S. was all about competition, 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 because I was sports. I was a track and field star in Poland. And when I came here, I was like, you know, they broke my heart with, with this basketball thing. And that's when I realized that in order to have my efforts and my work bring the, the best results, I have to go into places where there's very little competition. And that's what micro cap space is all about. You can do the work, you can do the due diligence, you can do your scuttlebutt, you can you know, call the CEO, call the customers, you can do all this kind of work, and it actually brings you benefit. What good is it do for me to do this kind of research on Apple or Tesla? Like It doesn't bring you any benefit because everybody already knows about these names. But if I do it on something that's you know, on OTC or TSXV or Canadian Stock Exchange, th there's no analysts covering this, th this thing. Like, like institutions are not in it, right? They're, they're too big to play in that space. Most of the retail investors are chasing, uh, you know, crypto, AMC, GameStop. They're busy playing games with shiny objects. And then, so you have so little competition in that space. So then when you put that kind of work, you, you, you really uncover what's behind the company. I mean, you can make tremendous amounts of money when you do it right. And I started with 10 grand in 2009 and I turned into 7 million over those 12 years. And that's purely because the work that I, I put in, uh, you know, gave me re returns. And if I did the same amount of work into large caps, forget it. I might get maybe 10% return per year. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just that equation that, you know, uh, can really change your life. Absolutely. Congrats, man. I mean, look, you, you're the American success story, right? Like that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. You came here from Poland. You, you, and, and you know, in 2000 yeah. and when I was leaving uh, uh, the real estate industry, yeah. 2008, 2009, I wanted to get a job first. 
like I applied to Morningstar, you know, they rejected me immediately because I didn't have any, any experience. And I remember how, how I called them up and I said, what could I do to improve my chances of getting a job at something like Morningstar? And the lady told me, I read lots of books. And I just started laughing because at that time, I probably read like 300 books. And so I was like, okay, screw, screw uh, reading books. Instead, I wrote 10 of my own, you know, but it's, it was kind of like, I couldn't get a job in the industry. No hedge fund would hire me then. So I just went on my own. And, and now, yeah, now I can get a job with the hedge funds, but for what, you know, what are you going to pay me? You know, like, I don't need you now. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So, okay, you you mentioned your performance from 2009 to to now. Um, you know, h- how did you cut your teeth? I mean, what was what was the sectors that really were you know stood out to you, contributed to some of these big wins? You know, what 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 was it? Well, um, l- l- let me rephrase this. Which sector? Not did you cut your teeth on? Which sector did you lose all your teeth on? How about that? <laughs> You know, I'm handing the mic over to you. I, you know, I'm done. I'm, I, I'm going I mean, you know, to let you do I'm going yeah. to hang it up. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> I mean, that was the mining sector. That was the, the mining stocks that, I mean, okay, look, I entered it 2008, 2009. It was great at the bottom. Anything you touched did, did well. And then in 2011, I decided to become a, a macro guy and looked at gold you know, oh yeah, the Fed is printing money so that the most intelligent way is to go with the miners. And you know what? How about some junior miners? Oh my God. And so from 2012 to 2016, I thought I was going to commit suicide with these crazy companies. Like I have never seen more professional fuck-ups in this sector that I have ever, I I don't think I will ever see anything worse in this sector. I mean, I went, I mean, I don't think it was possible. You have like, you hold like 10 of them and nine of them like go bankrupt. I mean, it's like, even if I tried to screw up, I don't think I could the way they do. And it goes from, you know, one company, um, you know, generating $300 million of cash flow over the years, the market cap was like 50, went down 98%. And like, how do you do that? How do you create almost half a billion dollars of cash flow? And then you ended up having a 20 million market cap at the end of the day. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. Or another company having 200 million uh, ounces of silver in the ground saying, oops, you know what? We made a mistake. We don't have that much. Sorry. Boom. The stock goes down, you know, 80 or 90%. I mean, the, the kind of things that happen in that space, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying these people, you know, are idiots or anything, but you know the quote, the quote that Warren Buffett says, buy, buy businesses that even an idiot can run because one day an idiot will run it. Well, for the mining stocks, I have a different quote. Don't buy such a terrible business that even a genius cannot run. You know, that's my quote for the mining stocks. So that's where not only did I cut my teeth, I lost my teeth and half of my jaw. <laughs> nice. Wow. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad you came out the end of it. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how I came out alive, but yeah. Yeah, oh, man. No, that's, 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 Hey, look, some of us go to, to university to learn. Some of us learn in the, like this and we pay, and pay our tuition that way. So 
I mean, so and you know what your 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 own mistakes you you learn them the best you yes. truly do so so now when I look at microcap stocks, I am very careful as to the quality of the companies that I choose. Well, at that time when you did look at at junior miners and in 2011, like we were talking off camera, like I I mean that was the that was the top at that at that time for like basically ten years, <laughs> and so. I mean, what was some of your what what was your investing philosophy at the time, and then how has that evolved to now? Well, you see, so I started off with learning from Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, the Valley Investing, you know, gurus, and Joe Greenblatt, and you know, all the people that we know. And then when you know, uh, gold was hot in 2011, I got a little cocky, you know, like. Yeah, I can do better. I know more than Warren Buffett. You know, he doesn't like gold. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You no, know, I can do better. You know, I can generate better returns. And of course, you know, it taught me a lesson that, hey, you know, Buffett, you know, maybe knows a thing or two about investing. So now I, I am going back to it to, to really understand that the businesses and the qualitative aspects behind those businesses. That it matters uh, because that if the business is good, meaning uh, it doesn't matter if the business you know is big, small, or whatever. Like I want revenues that are high quality revenues. So I want revenues that have high gross margins. I want revenues that are recurring or repeat revenues. Uh, I want maybe the clients to have some kind of switching cost that it's not so difficult to switch from one to another or have a business that has a network effect. You know, as more people are using a, a platform, more other people want to be on a platform, like maybe a Poshmark or, or eBay or, you know, all, things like that. Or, you know, have a business that's developing some kind of brand. Um, so I stay away from those businesses that have terrible margins or that are really, really high capital intensive businesses. Because growing revenue versus growing revenue is a completely different thing. If you grow revenue and doesn't require a lot of capital, that's a lot better than growing revenue that requires a lot of capital. Growing revenue that is high margin revenue and recurring revenue is more valuable than growing revenue that is not. Uh, you know, these are these are completely different things. So that's where I'm really super disciplined about right now, and I am very quick to say no to ideas. And I would say I will say no 99 times before I say yes to something. And that's purely because of, you know, the pain that I went through. If I didn't go through this pain, yeah, I would probably go into the microcap space and be like, yeah, oh yeah, you're revolutionizing this. You're disrupting this. Yeah, yeah, let, let me buy a shitload of the stock. Uh-uh, <laughs> no, I've been there. I've done that. Uh, you guys go, uh, take that chance and good luck because you need all the luck that, that, that you, you can get. I'd like to take a quick second to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Quarter. With Quarter, you get frictionless access to conference calls, investor presentations, transcripts, and earnings reports from markets all around the world, straight from your pocket for no cost. Quarter's mission is to change the way people look at investor relations and create a completely new bridge between companies and stakeholders. The first step on this journey is to let you, the user, Interact with the company's content while you're listening. Visit your app store of choice and try it out today by searching for Quarter. And that's Q-U-A-R-T-R. -R. Now back to the show.
Absolutely. So I wanted to talk about your, your process because um, when I, you're, I didn't say this in the introduction, but you, you said yourself, you're also the author of 10 books. One of them is called Microcap Investor. And in, in the book, it's a short read, everyone, I, and it's available on the microcapexplosions.com website as a PDF. And um, what one thing that stood out to me that I thought was really interesting that I wanted to talk about here was your due diligence process and this idea of the quick versus medium versus the full due diligence. And that might seem simple, very simple idea. You know, everybody, some of the pros and folks who have been in microcaps who are listening to this are probably like, okay, I think I know what you mean. But I think there's a little bit of nuance to this because I, I, some of us probably take for granted when you open up that, you know, this balance sheet or you just take one look at a company and you're like, oh, no, next, you know, right there. But for those who may not be as well-versed in microcaps or just in looking at the markets in general, sometimes they don't have, they haven't done enough to develop that skill. So can you break that down for us? You know, what, what the, how do you define quick, medium, and full? And then how does a company that you're, is interesting to you go from quick, then to medium, and then to full due diligence? Okay, so first, first the way I look for companies is I don't use any screens. Um, no, the, the, the computer, I don't want the computer to find me stuff. So I will go through every company on an exchange, whether it's Canadian, TSXV, or OTC, I will go one by one. So for example... I went recently through 700 companies on Canadian Stock Exchange, one by one. And so I look at everyone, and that's the quick due diligence. I'll, I'll look at it, maybe skim through the um, income statement. Um, but most of the time, when I look at the website or look at what they do, like I know right away whether I want to pursue it or not. Like, you know, if, if they're looking for a you know, cure for cancer, uh, no thank you. Um, they have zero revenues. Mm -mm. Yeah, I'm sure you have a great future, but no, thank you. Uh, oil and gas, uh, no. Cannabis, uh, definitely not. You know, that's um, like, like I, I make fun of this one statement. I don't know if you heard this, but like on the Canadian Stock Exchange or TSXV, I say that the average investor is high on pot and is looking for gold. Okay. And then, then when, when, get, when they get too anxious, they, they, they eat a bunch of mushrooms to come down. You know, that's what they want. Like that's the kind of crap that they want. So, that's not the kind of crap that I want. I want real businesses with real clients and real solutions. Yeah. Uh, so that's the quick due diligence. Like I'll go through every single company and I'll do a quick due diligence and I'll write down the companies that I want to go back to. And then that going back to maybe I'll spend a little bit more, 20, uh, 20 minutes, maybe see if I, I'm still interested, you know? So again, I'm looking for a good businesses. I'm looking for a business that has clients. I'm not looking for a business that has lots of promises because every, believe me, every single company on, on these small exchanges, they have the next gold deposit. They're going to be the next Amazon. Like, I mean, they have big plans and big promises. Uh, well, I want to see some proof, you know, and the proof is revenues because revenues are a proof that the company already sold, solved the problem for somebody that somebody wanted to pay for that uh, solution. So that's important for me. And then once I have those companies, you know, narrowed down to the ones that I really, really want to look at, that's when I will go into my full due diligence. And that's when I really do a lot of work. Scuttle Scuttlebutt is important for me, which means I will get on the phone and I will call everybody I can get on the phone. I will call their clients, suppliers, employees, former employees, directors, and of course the CEO and the management too. But I usually call them last because, you know, they'll just tell you what you want to hear. By the time I'm done with the employees or former employees, especially former employees, they'll, 
they'll tell you all the dirt that you need to know. You know, then you know if you're dealing with a liar or what kind of person you're dealing with, you know? Uh, and I'm not like looking for something perfect because there is no such thing as a perfect stock. There's, there's not. But I, I want to know what I'm dealing with. Because when you go to these companies' websites, it's all great. I mean, they are always the leader in their space. Pioneer. Pioneer. I love that. Uh, but in reality, you know, are they really? Are they really that, right? So that's where it comes to, like, I want to get on the phone with the clients. Clients. And I want to know, hey, look. And, and a lot of times, these people will like, why are you calling me? Nobody ever called me. I'm like, look, let, let me cut straight to the chase. I'm interested in investing in this company. You know, uh, the, you buy from them. I don't want to lose any money. Okay. So just tell me what I need to know. Like, you know, am I, am I going to lose my money? Do you like the product? Do you not like it? Why are you using the product? Why aren't you using the competitor? What's so special about it? And you do this with enough people, whether it's clients or former employees or whatever, you do this enough and you're like, okay, I think I have something here or I don't, you know? Um, and and, you know, and I do this in conjunction with, of course, reading the financials because, you know, like the number one thing that I want is, is revenues. Second thing is I want those revenues to be high quality revenues, you know, repeat customer recurring revenues and high margins and things like that. And of course, you know, I don't really want to overpay for those businesses. I mean, I don't mind overpaying a little bit because if something is growing really fast, you know, I don't mind if, if let's say it's worth a dollar today, can I pay? Of course, I would love to pay 50 cents, but am I going to pay like dollar 50 or two or even three if I think it's going to be worth 10 in the future or more? Yeah, but I'm not going to pay, you know, just any price for it. I'm not going to I'm not going to pay like a thousand times revenues just because they have a big addressable market, you know? I mean, every single one of them will tell you, oh, look at this. We have, you know, billion people in the world. If we can capture 1% of that, we're going to be rich. Like, okay, that's not going to fly very well with me, you know? Got it. All right. So when one quick follow-up on the full due diligence side of things, when you do, after you've done all your, all your scuttlebutt research and you do finally talk to management, what are some of the, the things that you look at? when when you do finally talk to them? You know, are you looking to verify some of the things that you uncovered while doing that research? Or is, are, do you ask certain questions in particular that give you a lot of information? I don't really have a particular plan. Uh, I just kind of, you know, have the conversation and let the conversation flow. I want to make sure, I do want to verify things, right? I want to know what their plans are. I want them to teach me about the business because they are the ones that, you know, are the best at this business. So I want them to help me understand what it is that maybe I'm missing. What, what's, what could the future look like, you know? Uh, and, you know, I want to make sure that this business is truly what I think it is, you know? Uh, so I don't really have like a blueprint or check checklist. Like I already know what kind of businesses I don't want. And so by the time I'm already talking to them, I, I already, you know, like the business because if I don't like it, I'm not going to waste my time. I already like it. Uh, and, you know, I've done a lot of work trying to research what this business is like. So most of the time, they just take my understanding to the next level. Got it. Without naming any names, I mean, do you got any war stories where like it hit every checkbox, 
you thought this was all right. This looks like maybe one of my next big winners or something. And then like some came up in the scuttlebutt or talking with manager or something where you're like, Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Glad I, I'm really happy. I do this type of deep dive due diligence. So I didn't uh, lose my shirt on this one. You, and you don't have to name No, usually I, 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 the, the horror story, the horror stories that I had so far were with the mining stocks. And I also did a lot of work on them. It's not like I didn't, uh, but the business was just so, unknown um but you know just because just because you do this kind of work doesn't mean the stock price won't go down uh and like recently i did this kind of work on one of my companies and the stock is down like 50 percent. so then 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 this kind of work determines whether you have the conviction to hold it or not uh but you usually when i pick a good business and I don't overpay for it. It's going to work out. Uh, but with the mining stocks, it didn't work out because it wasn't a good business. It wasn't even a business. They're just assets. Uh, so, so far, so far, I'm okay uh, with these things. Very good. And, and are, do, do you invest in ideas across all, all the different North American exchanges? Uh, TSXV, I mean, where you do find the non- Mining, cannabis, psychedelics, uh, <laughs> those uh, healthcare. Uh, do do you look at everywhere? Well, right now I have enough ideas from the TSXV, Canadian Stock Exchange, and OTC, and even the Nasdaq. I have enough ideas that I can't even put enough money into all of them uh, as it is. Uh, but you know, I'm thinking of branching out if if I have to. I mean, you can go to AIM in London. Or like I speak Polish, so I was thinking like, hey, I can go through all the companies on the Warsaw Stock Exchange, you know, that I speak the language. But just right now, I have like so many ideas that I can't even deploy all my money into all of them. So why bother to even go there? Right. How, how what, what's your concentration versus diversification uh, thought process? You know, how, how many stocks do you typically hold or uh, and then and then also how do you size into them as well? So right now. Right now, um, I own about eight to 10, but my four biggest positions are like super huge. So the other six are not, are not even relevant. Even if they went to zero, they wouldn't even do anything. And it has to do with you know, the, the conviction that I have. And it also has to do with that sometimes these companies, uh, I participate through private placements. Um, and so that's one of the things that we do at microcap explosions is we we inject capital into some of these small companies and we create our own success by injecting the capital which then can be you know used to grow or you know be more, more successful and then when you do that you might you get locked in into the private placements and like if you're in the US the, the lockup period is like 12 months and then you're locked in even more through warrants so part of the concentration is because I'm kind of being forced through those lockups. Got it. So tell us a little bit about microcap explosions. You know, when, when did you found it and what, what's your, what's your goal with, with your, with your newsletter? So it's not a newsletter. It's like a private membership website where I share uh, investment ideas that I, that I find. And it was born kind of during COVID when, um, you know, I was bored, didn't know what to do. So I started making videos on YouTube during COVID and got some, you know, a larger following at that point. And people kind of kept asking me, 
hey, do you have you know a service or a newsletter or anything like that? And I really didn't want to start one because because the, the you know the mining stock disaster uh, caused me to lose business, two businesses. I used to manage money and I used to have a newsletter. So the mining stock took care of two of these businesses all at once. So I didn't really want to start another thing, you know, but just, they just kept bugging me and bugging me. So then I was like, okay, fine. I made a video and I said, look, um, you guys keep bugging me to do something. Okay, fine. Uh, let's do this. If I were to start something like this, let's say, let's call it micro cap explosions. Uh, I'm not going to start it if I don't have enough interest from the beginning. Like, and also it's not going to be cheap. Like it's, it's not going to be, you know, hundred dollars a year. Uh -uh. It's going to be a couple thousand. So you, you guys tell me, I'm releasing this video. Uh, he, put your name here in the, you know, in the comment section or whatever. And if I have enough people, I'll start it. So I posted the video and then I went for a walk. 20 minutes later, I come back and it's like 60 people signed up. I was like, okay, you know, I can do that. So then I launched it. Uh, and, you know, we went from like, um, you know, 60 to like we're a little bit over 300 right now. Um, and I kind of want to keep it at the level because I don't want to have a thousand. So, so, so what, what happened is that as I was getting more and more people, I kept increasing the price because I'm like, I need to, you know, reduce the number of, reduce the demand because I want to keep it at that level because we're dealing with micro cap stocks. And if I expose the idea, I don't want the idea to just sh shoot up and for people not to be able to get the shares because of, you know, lower liquidity and, and also, you know, with the private placement. So let's say if we do a in total, in total, since the beginning of 2020, we did like, oh, we financed like four companies through like six or seven private placements and we raised like $30 million. I mean, that's a, that's a serious dose, $30 million from 300 people. That's some serious money. And so, I mean, we had, we had a huge success with one particular company that we financed, put like, I think, close to two, 20 million or 15 million into it. I mean, that was like, people made like 300 million on it from, from, from that investment. So, uh, so, so that's, what, that's what we do, you know? So it's not just, it is me sharing the ideas. It is me bringing the management for interviews and live calls and things like that. But it's, the big portion of it is those private placements, which we create our own success. Um, we, we become our own catalyst. And, you know, also if the money that we raise is successful, then not only does the share price goes up, but the people make even more money because a lot of these private placements come with warrants and then the warrants come, you know, go into money and people just make even more money. So that's like, you know, the, the whole idea behind MCE. And Marius, for full disclosure, when you're talking about, you know, in the private, but you're, you're, what you mean is that you're not taking any broker fees. You're, you're more saying this looks like an opportunity and then pointing folk, you're investing your own money and then pointing folks in that direction. Right. So, so the way the, these things work is that the, the company, let's say, has a, you know, application. And so every, everybody fills out their own application. It doesn't go through me. It's just kind of like, hey, we get together and be like, you know, let's all, Let's all, I mean, everybody decides on their own, you know, if they want to participate, but it's all under their name. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's not like I'm a fund or anything. I'm not a broker. Uh, I'm, I don't take a brokerage fee or anything like that. And if there is any sort of thing, it's always, it's always released. It's always disclosed in the, in the press releases. And it's always, 
you know, vetted through the lawyers. Very good. All right, cool. Just I had to ask, right? You know, yeah. uh, so so moving, another question that I have for you, and it's funny because, listen, you've talked a little bit of shit on some <laughs> on mining in, in our chat today, but you actually, I mean, there's one company on your, I, th- I think that you, you mentioned on your YouTube channel. So it's not that you stopped investing in it totally. It's just you're, you're more like the majority for you has been a not so pleasant experience. So, I mean, how, how did, were you able to then go in and still invest in, in a mining company, uh, despite everything that, that you went through? Well, that company actually came as a result of the disaster, you know, because oh, okay. the disaster introduced me to this company and this company turned out to be successful, but I will say one difference though, mining company versus, uh, Explorco. You see, mining companies, they actually produce this thing, produce their product, gold and silver, and they put mines into production. Those are the disasters that I don't want to touch. Now, something like Oracle, which is what you're referring to, they don't, have any, they don't have any plans to put their property into production. All they're doing is a bunch of studies, a bunch of drilling to make the studies, and then they're going to put, put the property in a bowl, package it like a nice product, and then sell it to a major. So actually, I made a video on my YouTube channel saying 10 ways to make money in mining, right? So one way is to have a mining newsletter. Another one is to have mining, mining interviews. And another one is to sell the nightmare to a major. So that's the definition. Sell the nightmare. Let them deal with the problems. You, 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 you get a feasibility study, you get all these appraisal reports, all these graphs, all these economic studies, wonderful, wonderful net present value calculations. And then let, let the major, let the major take the nightmare, let the major run and make all these mistakes, overruns and all these, you know, all these headaches. And, you know, that's one of the best ways to make uh, money in mining through that. Uh, but even with this one, I hope it's my last one. <laughs> like, uh, if I ever get involved in another anything mining related, it's going to be a very small position, like very small position. I just, I just want to put that nightmare behind me. Totally understood. So just so we have it clear set out. So full disclosure, you, you are a shareholder still in uh, yeah, in yeah, okay, yeah. So uh, we talked about a few investing experiences so far on here. What, what would you say of all the ones that maybe one that you didn't speak about already on here? What would you say is one that really changed your career the most? Well, I'm, well, I mean, this one changed my career the most from the point of view of the, the, the returns that I got. You know, I mean, there were there were a lot of other successes that I had in the past, like, you know, Arcticat, which was. You know, in 2008, 2009, it was trading a less than inventory and it turned out well, but I didn't have that much money invested at this point. There was another company, Straight Path Communications. I'm sure you've heard of it, which, you know, it was the uh, spinoff from ADT. And then they had these, um, uh, the wavelength, I forgot, the spectrum. They had the spectrum that ended up being sold uh, to uh, to Verizon. Uh, so th- there was a lot along the way, but like this one really really like changed my life and took me to a different direction. And now because of that, of course, I'm able to 
you know, over, over the time, finance other great opportunities that I have currently in the portfolio, you know? Absolutely. So we're, we're about there. You know, what, what would you say or what advice do you have for new investors in microcaps or just anyone in general when it comes to investing? I would say think independently and stop following people on Twitter. Okay. Because I, I don't know about you. I have never had a great success following somebody else. Never. I only had great successes finding the idea on my own. Uh, because by the time everybody is yapping on Twitter about something, like right now, you go to Twitter. What are they talking about? Everybody freaking wants to buy oil stocks. Okay? Everybody wants to buy oil stocks. It's almost like, I just want to buy oil stocks. I don't care what price. I don't care if I do diligence. Oil is going to the moon. I want to buy oil stocks. You know what? Oil is on first page of the newspaper right now. That's not how you make money. You make money finding stories and opportunities that are on page 50, 16 of the newspaper or whatever, or people's attention. You get on them and then you can hold them. But when they reach the page one of the newspaper, CNBC, um, think very hard about maybe getting out of them at that point and find something else that's somewhere else. Not when everybody is uh, talking about it. So think independently. Don't look for ideas on Twitter. Come on, go directly to an exchange. Go through each company one by one, and you will find so many ideas that you never have to go on Twitter again. Marius, that's so much work, though, man. You know, like uh, that's that's too that's too much work. I, I gotta go. You talk, I gotta go on the exchange and look at all this stuff. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm just, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just, yeah, I know you're I'm joking, just, but okay. you see, that's that's. Uh, that's the difference between the best and That's the right. rest. Listen, I agree with you 100. percent I'll just beat it there. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but I, I I could not agree with you more. You know, you got to do the work. I think in, thinking independently is by far. Even if and and the funny thing is, it's not, you can still be inspired. You know, like yeah. whether you're on Twitter or any of these other forums to find that idea. But you need to come up with your own thought process and thesis around that. Because if you're just mimicking somebody else's, it, you well, know, you you're can. Not, you're you not going to have the same conviction. Yeah. I know, know from how experience. They say, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know how they say uh, you can you can borrow somebody's idea, but you cannot borrow someone's conviction. That's right. 100%. And 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 we all know that stock prices, especially for the micro cap stocks, they fluctuate a lot. So then you, you you know your work, your homework is what gives you conviction. I mean, how many times I would buy a stock? Okay. For, for, for a certain price. I go and take a nap and that, and that thing is down 30% because John from North Carolina decided to unload his position all at once, no market order while I was sleeping. So it's like, what do you do? You know, even the, even the idea that, you know, the Oracle idea that was like a hundred beggar for me. At one point, I bought it for four cents. It goes to eight cents. I'm talking on the phone with somebody and I see it go down 75%. While I'm on the phone, okay, welcome to the microcap world. It's like, so what do you do? Like, what am I supposed to not finish the phone conversation? <laughs> I mean, of course, like I have enough conviction. I knew it was going to uh, recover, but it took two weeks to recover. But if you don't have that conviction, then it's like you can get a heart attack. The other day, I was looking at one of my positions and the freaking thing went to zero because 
like, you know, like it went dark and stuff. And then the, the brokerage account was showing zero, like 99.9%. It's like, what do you do? It's like, I know it's like some stupid mistake. Uh, and then of course it recovered, but that's just an example of it's crazy stuff that happens in a micro exchange. So you, you better understand what it is that you hold. You better understand the fundamentals, the business, so that, you know, you can still have a heartbeat by the time you're done investing. I mean, I think that's a perfect place to end it because it's so true, man. (laughs) (laughs) Mariusz, with that, man, absolute pleasure, dude. Where can folks go and follow you on social media as well as uh, uh, find your website? Yeah, so my website is microcapexplosions.com. It's plural. Um, And then if I would say, you know, I have a YouTube channel. I'm trying to do my best on a YouTube channel. Take my impossible to pronounce name, put it into YouTube, find my channel, subscribe, and then, you know, hopefully, you know, you'll enjoy the content that I'm putting out. And people can also follow you on Twitter at Classic Value INV. So, yeah. uh, and, uh, and don't, I think I got the pronunciation pretty right on, on your name today. I, I, that's why I did it very quickly at the beginning because I was like, okay, it's fresh. So let me, uh, let me get this in. So with that, Mariusz, Thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate it. Good luck. Stay safe. And I look forward to our next update. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast podcast.